This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Greetings. As you'll know... My old man said likes to seek out uh, more constructive sponsors for our listeners rather than the typical gambling uh, sponsorship of most football media. So in the spirit of that, uh, I want to thank uh, Penfold for uh, coming on board as a supporter of the My Old Man Said podcast. Penfold is is a pension company I found uh, during the, the pandemic when I realised it might actually be a good idea to get a pension and uh, being self-employed uh, Penfold actually specialises in self-employed and the interesting thing is 86% of self-employed people don't actually contribute to a pension and only 31% of self-employed people actually have uh, a pension set up uh, compared to 99% of their standard workforce counterparts. So if you are self-employed or if you actually run your own business and want pensions for your uh, work staff or if, you, uh, if you're a job hopper or have a side hustle, then uh, Penfold offers the kind of flexibility and simplicity that should be right up your street, as well as uh, being able to increase, decrease payments or put them on ice or make ad hoc payments. You get the 25% government tax bonus on top of whatever you put in. You also have uh, six different uh, plans you can uh, select to invest your money, which are run by the likes of BlackRock. And through their investment, the uh, interest compounds. So as well as that 25% tax bonus, you have compound interest. And, uh, you know, that's why obviously most people uh, get uh, pensions as the backbone to their long-term investment. If you've got any... uh, pensions from previous jobs you can actually add them to the pot as well and penfold will uh, do all the hard work uh, behind that and uh, as a listener to the show if you use the uh, code moms when you sign up uh, penfold will actually give you a a 50 pound bonus in your pension to uh, help get things started go to getpenfold.com slash moms and as i said use the code moms when you sign up and you'll get 50 pounds in your pension with pensions as with all investments your capital is at risk the value of what you put in may go up as well as down like me if you are self-employed it's definitely worth checking out and only takes literally five minutes to set up and requires no uh, deep financial knowledge or anything like that in five minutes you can have a pension all set up all ran from an app on your phone so you can keep tabs on it wherever you are very simple 
gives you that peace of mind that you're actually making efforts towards your long-term future. Right, with that, on with the show. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for the only Aston Villa show dedicated to the lamest 10 minutes of football I've, I've probably witnessed at Villa Park, Mr. Chris Budd, Mr. Phil Shaw, welcome back. What an intro, hello. Hello. Still raw, mate. We've left it a day just to simmer away. Before we started recording, I lit a candle to mark the death of our defence as a solid unit. R.I.P. the back three. Oh, we're going to get onto that uh, in the main part of the show. Uh, how are you guys anyway? Uh, I mean, I saw you, Mr. Bud, before uh, before the game. We were in town for a uh, quick drink and we, we came across the Wolves uh, squad. And their chef. <laughs> Yeah, and their private chef standing outside the Grand Hotel, and they were backing in their coaches. I don't know if they were picking the players up. I don't know if they did like a team briefing in there, but you know, yeah, I think they probably had their team meeting. I would have thought they wouldn't have been surely wouldn't stay over for a game that's half an hour away. They've obviously got a bit of money in the bank if they're kind of paying for that <laughs> clean air charges. They're not, you know, they could have, could have, uh, they could have driven those coaches around the outskirts of Birmingham, maybe. Yeah, make them walk in from the ring road. <laughs> They were shameless, just straight through the centre, parking up. And uh, that was weird, uh, walking past in this, the, the private chef of the Wolves team and everybody outside. So they don't trust the uh, the Grand Hotel uh, culinary uh, stuff, uh, mm. it seems. Phil Shaw, what's happening over your end? Not much, just sort of... Oh, give us something to chew on. I just consoled myself with a bit of TV, a bit of binge-watching. Um, after it there, I found a show called um, Kings of Pain, which is about... <laughs> Fitting. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. I wanted, wanted someone else to suffer more than I was suffering, so that's these two guys, and they just go looking for the world's most um, deadly creatures to let them just sting them and see how sore it is. So, yeah. But, how did but that finish I, in the last 10 minutes? Yeah, well... Uh, but five episodes of that, and I didn't feel just as bad, so it was good watching. Yeah, before we rock on, uh, I did notice just before the 80th minute, uh, some guy uh, going up the, the stairs to the vomitory to leave on the 80th minute in, in K4 when Villa were 2 0 up. So that begs the philosophical question was he right? You know, maybe he just went off because he had to go on holiday or something. So, to all intents and purposes, he still thinks Villa won uh, the game at the weekend. He maybe hasn't checked the internet or uh, the news. But it begs the question was he right in doing that? Or can we blame him for not staying and supporting his team and, you know, making sure they, they got the win over the line? I don't mind. At the end of the day, you know, everyone has an excuse. Sometimes they've got to get off early, etc. But. If someone's leaving early, so be it. We've all done it. I've walked out in disgust when we've been like three nil down or whatever. But my my gripe was the mass exodus at two all on eighty five minutes. When it's like this is game right on now. If the team needs you it ever, it's now. Bear in mind, Ings still had the big chance, didn't he? It's like, what are you doing? They needed us at two nil, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's be let's be frank before we get on it. The atmosphere was garbage, wasn't it? For a derby game, a so-called derby game, it was crap. Let's not put people off this show. Uh, right, coming up, uh, the Villa News. We have uh, Media Muppets, which uh, goes beyond the Villa sphere this week, to three points, and then we'll go straight into this. Uh, well, we've got some venting to do. <laughs> we've got some people to kick up the ass. There's, well, there's a whole bloody queue of them, so uh, let's blaze through this uh, opener and then uh, get into uh, the carnage. 
Right, let's start off with, well, let's have some news. Shall we talk about uh, South Eastern train services being taken over by the government or uh, Villa news? Well, I want the Villa news then. I mean, I've, I'm still uh, still tormented by South Eastern train services when I used to use them uh, regularly. They sh- the government should terminate them. That's what they should do. <laughs> Just nuclear option, destroy them and, and build it up from the bottom again. Anyway, I digress. Villa news it is. Right then, the COVID checks were... I don't know if they've been introduced or they've been stepped up. Uh, I mean, I wasn't checked. I didn't see anybody checked when I went no. in. Did, we, did you? No. I think it was a bit of a soft soft opening, shall we say. Yeah, a bit of a soft opening. I mean, I've been to Spurs' stadium twice in recent weeks, obviously for the Villa away game and uh, the NFL, and I was uh, spot-checked for the football, and then I saw the people in front of me uh, spot-checked... Uh, in the NFL, so you know evidence that it was existing there, but uh, I didn't see anything uh, at Villa Park. Uh, meanwhile, good news is Sanson was back on the bench. Uh, I think we're in need of uh, options, options in the midfield that is. Uh, so ho- hopefully uh, he's back at it. Don't expect to see Bailey at Arsenal. He's not even training yet, is he? So uh, that might be uh, at least another week if we see him at all before the international break. If we break. see him at yeah. all. Yeah. Ever again? <laughs> well, let's not be that that hard. I mean, he, he you know his injury records uh, over his career is not that bad. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I think he might miss the Arsenal game. Another game he would have been useful in, uh, as I always like to say. Uh, Smith said in an interview. Uh, I think in the pre-match uh, for the Wolves game, that there was a waiting list of eighteen thousand. Uh, he he makes the figures up. The boy does. Uh, I remember at the fan consultation group where we were told the exact figure. This is obviously going back a couple of months, and it was thirteen thousand. And then the next day, Smith is talking about it, and he quotes a figure of fifteen k, fifteen thousand. And it's like, no, it's not because you know they actually told us the legit number. You need to be a bit responsible because then you know with what you say because then that's taken a sacrosanct. And you know since uh, those lower figures, obviously the list has gone down by about two thousand. And I don't think uh, it's thirteen thousand, and then it went down two thousand because uh, of people off, on the list uh, picking up season tickets. I can't see suddenly seven thousand coming out of nowhere, impressed by our thunderbolt <laughs> of a start to the season. I don't really see that. So he, he might need to uh, be careful what he's saying in terms of figures. Uh, I did some uh, checking at a meeting with the Football Supporters Association over Villa's uh, protocol on uh, ticket reselling. The main gripe with that was the lack of consultation, but uh, I just wanted to see if if it was uh, deemed compared to other clubs as uh, as, as acceptable uh, treatment of fans and they said it was actually uh, quite mild compared to the likes of uh, what Spurs and Manchester United uh, do in terms of banning etc yeah and, and over in Europe I mean Ajax actually recently tracked down it was 25 people who tried to resell their ticket for their recent uh, Dortmund game see quite big profits and they actually blocked their season tickets gave them a 450 euro fine and have given them an 18 month stadium ban I think the fine thing that would make people trying to uh, sell on. That would make them shit their pants a bit more. I think. What well, it means there's no there's no monetary gain to have if you get caught. You're banned and you're losing money. Uh, before the Wolves game, the under twenty threes were at uh, St Andrews. Uh, I think some fans. Uh went to both games or tried to go to both games. I don't know if that's if that's. I don't think it was on mass at all. Uh, 
There's a, f- a few hundred villa went there. There was a reasonable turnout. Apparently, we had more there than them. <laughs> Unsurprisingly, well, goes without saying, doesn't it? But the under twenty threes won two one. Right, uh, not that much uh, in the villa new stakes. So uh, let's have some media muppetry. Right, uh, what's in the media Muppets trough this week, Phil? Well, with all the media obsessed with uh, the recent Newcastle takeover, I saw a headline in Sports Bible that would have been real statement of intent. Um, the headline read, Zinedine Zidane has responded to Newcastle United's managerial advances. And this was written Ooh. by Tom Fenn. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean, imagine him rocking up. The game places now. Yeah, this was written by Tom Fenton. So I was wondering, like, has Zidane sold his soul or has he distanced himself from the sports washing nightmare that's going on in the Northeast? Their fans were uh, chanting in the Spurs game how much they, how they've got more money than Manchester City and PSG and all that kind of stuff. They're proud of it. They, they must have money. They were able, even able to get on in deck there as well. But truth be told, when you looked into the article, Zinedine Zidane has done neither. Um, when you go into it, the Sports Bible got their information from the Daily Mirror. And then if you go into that again, there's no quotes from the Zidane. There's nothing. There's just a vague reference to him supposedly wanting to take on the French job. Um, in fact, the only reference in the Mirror article, which is the one that the whole Sports Bible one is based on, is one line. Zinedine Zidane has already also rebuffed soundings believing he could become the France manager. That's it. So one line yeah. spawns a whole article again. Again, it's everybody's... Uh, you don't need to write articles now. It is literally random random sentences from other newspapers, isn't it, that actually have nothing to do with the headline now. That's what you can get away with nowadays. It's. Uh, I think it's time to set up some bots to run the My Men Said website, actually. R- ridiculous, isn't it? Right, uh, on to uh, three points. Uh, point number one, sp- Sport Radar Integrity Services, a partner to more than 100 sporting federations in leagues, has you. this is a global thing, uh, has used its betting monitoring system, the Universal Fraud Detection System, to find suspicious activity across 12 sports in more than 70 countries. According to these figures, uh, football is the sport most at risk of corruption, uh, obviously linked to betting and the technology has flagged 500 suspicious matches this year um 40% of matches in domestic competitions found in like third tier leagues and uh, below also uh, youth football i mean this is where i mean if there's a lot of you know when match fixes and rackets are set up it's it is mainly on uh, games that are under the radar isn't it I mean, apart from Villa Wolves, which... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, was, I was hoping they'd have been there. A lot, a lot of money going on Wolves to win it when Villa were 2-0 up. Very suspicious activity. <laughs> oh, that's where the back three disappeared to, the bookies. <laughs> this, is, this is why I've, I always thought it was important to get VAR right, because at the end of the day, you need some reassurance against the potential of corruption because you know we've seen it in the Italia league with Juventus I mean sometimes the biggest con jobs are done in plain sight on the biggest stage and uh, you know nobody expects the Premier League but of course you know you'd be you wouldn't be surprised if uh, there was an announcement so that, that's why I always thought VAR has a role to play at the very least in uh, hopefully curtailing that uh, point number two FIFA Want some more money off uh, EA Sports, it seems. So EA Sports obviously have the name FIFA on their, uh, probably their biggest game, is it not? One of their biggest yeah, games, at least. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Be- between that and Call of Duty, I'd say they're the two biggest franchises in gaming. 
Um, yeah, and they, they've had it since 1993, but FIFA wants more. Yes, they do, yeah. It, it all comes down to money. I mean, EA pays for the rights of the, the name FIFA to use on its game and four-year cycles to coincide with World Cup cycles. But um, FIFA are actually wanting a billion dollars for at this term, which is more than double the previous amount. Um, just for a bit of context, EA in one year from FIFA made $1.62 billion from just its ultimate team game mode, so it can't afford it. Wow. Yeah. But um, after EA um, made this price rise public and registered a new trademark called EA Sports AFC, um, FIFA have hit back with their own press release saying that no one game should have a monopoly of their brand. Um, but it's one of those ones with the money involved. You'd expect that this will get sorted. I mean, it's it's a recognizable worldwide name, FIFA, as a game. So I can't see EA giving it up. Well, maybe they can uh, do a deal with UEFA and rebrand it as UEFA for half the price. If anything, EA Sports have probably got more integrity as a name than FIFA anyway. Be careful what you say in public. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Uh, point number three, a stand. Uh, this has uh, happened recently this weekend. A stand in NEC, Nijmegen, uh, is it their Goffoot Stadium, buckled yeah. on uh, Sunday as uh, Vitesse Arn and fans celebrated their 1 0 away league win. Fans were jumping up and down in unison. And uh, if you see the pictures, it just seems to bend down, doesn't it? It's just, it's, like, it's, it's just like snaps in half, doesn't it? It's, it's- yeah, all the fans are kind of laughing about it and the uh, the players are in front of them kind of celebrating. Uh, fortunately, there was nobody injured there, but uh, that's why you should stay in your seats and not get up and not celebrate things. You've just got to be careful. <laughs> okay, Mr. Persler. <laughs> yes, no, we don't need safe standing, just safe seating. Joking aside, uh, good job, Pat. Nobody was injured there. But yeah, it's amazing what jumping fans can do to concrete. It's bizarre. It shows what a probably pretty basic stand that'll be. That'll be uh, shut for a while, I'm sure. Yeah, this sounds a bit like St. Andrews to me. If you, you know, they've, <laughs> yeah. they've had structural problems as well. Right, uh, talking about problems. Uh, let's get into uh, oh, the no. uh, main main show. Where to start? Well, uh, as we said in something for the weekend, uh, Villa reasonably poor record against uh, the Dogheads recently in the league. Only one win in seven. This is across the Premier League and Championship. Yeah, we hadn't won at Villa Park in the league since 2003. It was O'Leary. Yeah, which uh, is not a good look at all. Smith kept with the 3-5-2, the but uh, beefed it up a bit with uh, Buendia coming in. Tuanzebi came in, obviously, instead of uh, Courtney House. But the surprise was uh, Douglas Louise uh, starting. Uh, I, I didn't think he was going to make it. I thought he was just going to be on mm. the bench. Uh, Martinez uh, was, as expected, you know, he's a keeper. What is the situation? by the way on that yeah so basically as I understand it they're allowed to play because they are going from one biosecure bubble into another so when they fly back into the UK they've obviously come from the uh, the, the Argentina or the Brazilian bubble they fly back to England where they enter the Villa one and then within their family so they can't go out you know going to the shops etc but they can obviously stay at home training ground or the stadium is my understanding of it yeah I think Martin has got even luckier than that because Argentina came off the red list, so he's he's clear. I think Brazil's yeah. still on the red list, yeah. Ah, right, okay. But, you know, that comes in uh, later on uh, when we talk about substitutions. The first half, it was, I mean, it was a lame, lame, lame half, but it reminded me, you know, it's like the Everton game, the first half against Everton, where it just looked like it was shuttling, a, you know, along for a nil-nil or a, or a, or a, or a kind of a low-scoring uh, one-nil. This formation, this 3-5-2, 
when it when it first broke, people were saying, oh, it's so negative, it's just five at the back. But this is not the way we play it at all. It is definitely three at the back. And most of the time when we've, you know, we've got the ball, it is three at the back. And those two wing backs are pushed up high. And this is... Especially uh, cash. Yeah. This is w- w- where the problems start uh, later on. But it does give you uh, like a foothold high up the pitch. And it gives you that sense of you're in control, but nothing's happening. This is what I've been feeling from uh, you know the last yeah. few games you know even the Spurs the first 20 minutes you think we're in co- we're actually in control of this game but why aren't we doing anything about it and you know bar that Danny Ings chance where uh, you suppose you've got to credit the keeper for coming out but it does dispel the uh, the cliche of oh just give him a chance and he scores <laughs> he's not that deadly you need I to sh- give him I two should, uh, Adama Traore for Wolves to be fair yeah but he's end products not uh, no, he kind of it's done bit, the hard work. It was it's ours, a bit hit and miss, been, yeah. Ours would have been a bit of a picture book goal. It was a lovely ball through from uh, it was Buendia, wasn't it? it was, yeah. Traore, you could argue, it was just a bit of a net defending and an inability to just put your body on the line and take yeah, him down. Bl- In the first half, I was trying to work out where Traore was actually playing. Was he playing centre-forward? Was he playing in midfield? He, he was Basically roaming, wasn't he? Yeah, he was all over the shop. Yeah, I can't believe on I can't believe on his mazy run that about six of our players tried exactly the same tackle. This like throw throw a leg just in front of him, and if, if you're Adama Traore at the speed he goes at and the size he is, he just bulldozes straight through them. And the, and the quantity of oil you've got on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean it was shades of Maradona against England in '86, where all the challenges were half fast. It's just like well, just you know go through him. They only go through players when there's like injury time and it's around our box. That's the only time to decide to give away the tactical foul there was a chance to take a proper tactical foul in you know midfield where it wouldn't have been as much as a threat i think you know what i'm referencing there yes if you look at the foul count in the match just to back that up villa only committed eight fouls in the match compared to wills 17 so tells a story but you know i thought buendia buendia was kind of easing into it and uh, he is uh tidy but he's still i don't think he's seeing as much as the ball as i would like i mean he's tidy with the ball you know past completion was like 90 percent the best uh, of any villa player i joked in match club that he, he needs a set of wing mirrors on him because while he's got the ball and he's going forward with it he's great he just does seem that he's he doesn't seem to be aware of what's directly behind him at times in the first half he was getting caught or you know Wolves players were coming up from behind him and either he wasn't getting a shout or he just wasn't as aware and somebody with all the creative ability he has usually that's one of their strengths and no one what's around them yeah sometimes he got the ball back uh, off them he, he's quite good at I mean it's probably because of his slight frame how he can position himself in front of the player in between the player and the ball and uh, he, he robbed a couple of players uh, with that kind of technique but yeah is it is it Arsene Wenger that said uh, great players like look up scan the area scan the pitch seven or nine times before they receive the ball maybe you need and av- you know average ones do it like three times yeah well the, the top the top players they always they see the big picture developing yeah. quite quickly that's one of those things of like footballing intelligence they always talk about they see that they see the picture develop and they see the pass before it before it and they know it's where like everybody is because they yeah. yeah they're constantly scanning uh, the pitch where every everybody is and I think that can also be helped by, you know, if your team has a tactical system that you know, you look at like my Barca in their pomp, they always knew every triangle on the pitch and where the where the patterns of play were because they were so well drilled. Villa aren't at that level yet. And, you know, you had like sort of Louise and Buendia, who actually I thought were very tidy in the first half, but you could see that the Wolves three of Dendonka, Martino, Neves, who've got experience between them, they were very narrow. And we were trying to play through their lines. You thought, well, there's just no space. 
You need to get yeah. it wide. You need to move the ball quickly, uh, which wasn't happening. And McGinn was kind of playing a little bit deeper in the first half. Obviously, when he when he Smith clearly pushed him on in the second, and that's where the goal came from, which we'll come on to in a minute. But we just needed that little bit of extra sort of I don't know tempo or a little bit of extra sharpness because actually we got into their final third on a few occasions, and we were actually quite wasteful when we got into good positions. Yeah, and uh, you know, second half, two goals, two nil. You, you're thinking this is going to be three or four. And, you know, I mentioned the guy leaving uh, 80 minutes. He probably was had been waiting for a third of, and, and fourth, but they didn't turn up. So he just thought, yeah, it's game to settle in for this. So off he went. Wolves just didn't look like they were going to be a threat. They just had Traore doing a bit here and there. But we've seen Traore come to Villa Park since he's left us many times and just flattered to deceive. And it seemed like uh, this would be uh, not, not the most exhilarating of wins, but a reasonably comfortable one. Yeah, it was very like the the Newcastle game at home. I mean, it, it, it was 2-0 about the same stage of the game and it just sort of fizzled out. I mean, it just makes me worry now what would have happened if Newcastle had have um, got that penalty that was ruled out in their game. Would they have done a comeback as well? Yeah, I mean, uh, Ings' goal, I enjoyed that because we, we had a good view in the, in the upper hole. You could see, him, you know, you were, you were tracking his run from... Uh, sort of ghosted in, didn't he? Yeah. It's a and really that, good goal, actually. McGinn did very, very well. It's a be- absolutely perfect ball in. He dispatches it superbly. It's a really good goal. Yeah, and then the second goal of McGinn won. I mean, it was massive deflection. I think he, the thing is with McGinn that we we don't see as much as we'd like. You know, him, him in and around the box taking pot shots because he's obviously got a thunderbolt of a left foot. But it's so infrequent you see him. It always seems to fall on his right foot or has to switch it onto his left. Whereas actually, he just takes the shot on first time, and you think, well, if you take the shot. You allow for things like that to happen. He was the, uh, let's say, the the, the kind of uh, the spark or the conductor at, at times. He was our standout player. You know, we had, um, the stats for him were like he had seven crosses, the most chances created, the most take-ons, the most tackles, a goal and an assist. I mean, it was a, a man of the match performance from McGinn, especially in the second half. He deserved to be on the winning side, but he was very much the spark in terms yeah. of uh, pulling you know everybody else up by the scruff of the neck. Yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, he was. But then the, the roots of what happened, I think you can find in the Spurs game because... When when Watkins scored against Spurs, it was one all. Then the game's management went to shit. We just switched off. 
as I mentioned, uh, the the, the centre back thing when when it was first announced, people were going, "Oh, this is negative from Smith." You know, why why is he doing this? This is going to be five three two. Well, actually, that's when it should be a five three two against Spurs. We should have because the problem is tar- for me anyway. Target and, and Cash are getting too far up the pitch, so that takes Konza out to the right, and it takes Mings out to the left, and then suddenly there's there's either gaps there or Konza's too far out right. Mings is having to uh, because they're getting in behind uh, the back of Target, so Mings is having to come come across to meet the danger on on the wing and then that creates a problem of uh where's Konza's position because does he come in and uh, make up a two like a central two with two and Zabi but you know what about the guy on the right flank because he's ahead of cash it's it's creating all this kind of uh, positional trauma and we saw it against Chelsea the first time people for some reason really you know pick on Mings I thought Mings was in the first half he was snuffing out the danger Mings was there was like maybe three times uh, at moments he extinguished it before it had a chance to get going but then he's 2-0 he's almost he's playing like a celebrity charity golf or something and some of his clearances are like uh, sliced casual uh, golf shots that's probably yeah. the word David all over the field to be fair it was casual I mean we were casual in the first half really the amount of times we gave the ball away or, I mean I said to I think I said to you at half time I certainly said to Dan who sits next to me that the only way Wolves are going to score here is if we play ourselves into trouble again and we did it four or five times in the first half kind of got away with it and the second half we just invited them on you know at two now you think well okay you haven't got Bailey but you can kind of manage the game and if you want to hit on the break there's probably a third here if you want to get it or you can kind of go the other way, a bit more like how sort of Bruce used to play. And as you said, go you go to a back five and you go, actually, we're just going to, we're two up. We're going to shut this down as a as a contest. You won't bear in mind, Buendia's run his race, Louise's run his race. So in the middle of the park, actually, they're three lads who are experienced and probably, I would say, superior to us on the ball. They're starting to get on top. And that was happening before, really, we got the second goal against the run of play, let's be honest. Yeah. So we, it wasn't yeah. like we were flattening them in the second half. We got the first. They weren't doing a lot, but they had a lot of the ball and were growing into the game. And we kind of, because of the subs that were probably forced upon Smith, I don't necessarily think we got to make a proactive move. Although I actually thought at the time, Louise van Nakamba just to freshen it, freshen it up was probably the right move. Yeah, I didn't have any problem with that because you're thinking a bit more defensive. But just, sorry, just to ca- continue the uh, the formation of this uh, three centre-back thing. So you've got a situation, I mean, the second goal, Konza is in, is in no man's land. He suddenly thinks, he, he doesn't know whether to go out right. I don't know where the fuck Cash is. So he's got two to occupy his mind but in the mid the middle is just opened up like like i said uh with these fullbacks pushing on and, and and kind of staying quite high up you've got mings coming over to the left hand side problem is as we're, we're finding out mings his best role is the man who meets the danger in the center so now we've got to uh, axel to and he's a bit powder puff i mean he uh he certainly can be one of their goals was he was out muscled and if that was Mings, Mings would have sorted that one out. And that's because Mings is yep. being pulled pulled over to the side. Now on the second goal, Konza was in no man's land and he was in no man's land in one of the for one of the Chelsea get goals. I mean, he gets this golden pass every time there's an England call up. Everybody's calling for Konza, but in this formation, I don't think he uh, instinctively knows where he should be. No. So if we're ahead and we need points, we're either we should be uh, settling down, switch into a back four. 
and then probably taking off uh, one of those centre backs to bring switch into the back four and bringing on Nakamba to uh, add an extra you know screen on on that back four in front of them. I think Mings is getting the brunt of it because of the yellow card he got for time wasting because it's just an it's uh, it's just an easy thing to, to pick on him for because the referee warns him about time wasting and it's almost as if well Mings is thinking you're not going to book me and then the referee goes well I'm going to book you now so that's just people have seen the online especially have like sort of jumped in that to say it was casual it was bad attitude they would have substituted Mings straight away I mean they're, they're, they're talking nonsense it, it wasn't smart from Mings but you know they're using that and missing Twan Zavi being like a ghost in the box for the most of the second half and like you said cons are just being pulled everywhere yeah so I don't know I'm uh, I'm not convinced about that formation when it's def- you know defending because again you know against Spurs Son just ran that channel between the uh, the fullback and the outside centre-back which causes a confusion you know like Cons is thinking, do I go for this? Is this Cashiers? You know, what's going on? And uh, it's so much clearly more defined. This, you know, our, our back four is, was our success story. First of all, it saved us uh, once it was organised in Project Restart. And then last season, uh, it was pretty solid and we, we were actually lacking uh, in our forward play. And that's what cost us, you know, ultimately a top half finish. But, you know, you've got Mings meeting the danger and Konza astutely uh, sweeping up around him. But that's now Konza's in no man's land. Axel doesn't provide that muscle and he gets out-muscled. And then you've got, uh, you know, Mings who's being pulled out of... You need Mings central or else you suddenly you're weak. Yeah, I mean, and you want Mings in the middle for his sort of his leadership, his communication, yeah. etc. He him out yeah, there I mean, playing left back is you know it's it's no good. You know this is when we're up against it. By the way, this is when we've got the points in the bag and we've lost four points because of this back three. A lack of game management, really. Yeah, you're saying there, Twanzebe getting um, out muscled. I mean, there was one towards the end just before Wolves got their winner that um, Fabio Silva, 19 year old streak of piss, if you want to call him that, or he yeah. was you know <laughs> he, he manages he manages to send Twanzebe. And if Michael Oliver hadn't been, you know, feeling sorry for Twanzee and blew up for a free kick, which it never was, you know, yeah, he'd have been straight it, on goal. Yeah, yeah, because that streak of piss when he when he's played against us previously it has literally been that. Frankly, he didn't need to be good against us though. That was the, the annoying thing. It was weird. It was almost like we were invite, as you said, we were inviting them. But there's another thing, and it, and it's come it's come back. I mean, this started with Di Matteo. It's the old uh, leaving nobody up when we're defending corners, and this was a great example of uh, this situation. So, you know, I'm talking about when the opposition's got a corner, Every all 11 Villa players are in the box defending it. There's no out ball. There's nothing to uh, make the opposition think, oh, shit, we better keep two players back. Because the rule of thumb is, if you keep a player up, then they need to leave two to deal with the threat. Especially when you've got Watkins and Ings. You know, Watkins, you've got a natural out ball. So if you looked at what Wolves were doing, they were leaving a Domitore on the halfway line and Villa automatically left two players back. Wolves were allowed. And this, I don't understand it. Somebody, I mean, I asked Steve Bruce this because he carried on, the, you know, Di Matteo started it. Then Steve Bruce was carrying on. And I asked Steve Bruce in, you know, fan consultation group meeting, what is the logic behind this? And he, and he just said, oh, it's the modern, it's the modern game. That's, you know, what everybody's doing. I think there doesn't seem to be a lot of independent thought when it comes to the coaching and things like that on set pieces now I would be leaving Watkins up top because Watkins can run at players and he's got pace so he's a great out ball now Watkins in the box on his own six yard line I mean he he fucked up didn't he for this, I think it was their him, second it was the, goal. It was the, the first one, him and Ings. Yeah, were, the, sorry, the first one. Yeah, and they, they, they had their defined role because we got done on both of them. Really, it was in second phase. The, the, the first ball comes in, you get rid of it, and it comes back in. You think you just switched off the guys running? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a, 
a smart ball, but one you'd expect them to make. But because Ings and Watkins have drifted into a bad position, they're just bad team goals. But if you leave Watkins on the halfway line, then his contribution there is he's already taken two Wolves players out of that picture yeah. who are pushing yeah. to get back in the game. So I don't yeah. understand it. No. And all all three of their goals from set pieces, you know, be it second phase on some of them, and you know, every you know, we score a goal from any any set piece, and Nanny McPhee, as I call him, uh, gets you know the lazy uh, pundit stroke fans, you know, say, oh, it's is a mark of genius. But every club plays at set pieces. I mean, you saw Connor Cody at the end of the game in his inter- interview talking about how they really, really concentrate on second phase stuff off set pieces. Because it's a big it's, part of the game. It's not. Yeah, it's, not a it's, mis- a mas- it's not a mystery. Yeah, it's not as if we've we've we're we've got this special McPhee coach, and uh, you know we've we, oh I think we've stumbled on a secret here that might give us a competitive advantage. Every fucker's doing it. Yeah, it's been Villa's Achilles heel night since they came back into the Premier League. That second phase because it it reminded me of the two goals Liverpool scored later on because when once Wolves found something that worked, yeah, just keep trying it, just keep doing it, just yeah. knock yeah. it in. So would you leave somebody on the halfway line? Would you leave Watkins always. or Bailey? Yeah, always. Well, Watkins, what I'm Watkins, Watkins isn't a tall guy. And also, when you've got, especially if you are going to play a back three and you've got Twan Zabi, who's tall, Mings and Konza, they're all good in the air. And you've got Martinez, who is more than capable of coming and catching or punching. You've got to trust them to do their job in the same way that you trust Ings and Watkins at the other end. Yeah, because if you've got a, like a six-footer, let's say you've got a Drogba playing centre-forward, then he's actually useful to have in that box defending and it's an extra Watkins big man no so, use. so Watkins 100% that quick throw out from uh, Martinez and Watkins pace and his, you know, his ability to run at people you're at the races straight away you're relieving pressure easily and you're getting rid of that second phase problem because if everybody's encamped in that 18 yard box the little header or a flick out is coming straight back in isn't it yep. but if you've got Watkins on the halfway line and you just you just give it some when you clearance you know he's up there so everybody everybody in that 18 yard box knows subconsciously they've got to give it a bit of leather and Watkins will be on the end chasing it down you know regardless of it being a set piece or not when when they have possession when you're tuning up with 10 minutes to go, Watkins is your is your out ball. Anyway, you should be managing the game and hitting the corners. So if you can't hold on to the ball and sort of slow the game down if you want to, which frankly we're, we just don't seem to be capable of at the, at the moment. And when you're two, probably the, your two best ball players in Louise and Buendia are off the field, you've kind of, you've got to turn Wolves around and you've got to hit the corners and go, okay, we're going to have to play a little bit of territory here and make yeah. Wolves play out from the back. We kind of just went, all right, we're going to have five lads. We're going to retreat to our 18-yard line. And then because they've made, I think it was like a double change, wasn't it? Really positive move, bringing the two forwards on with obviously Jimenez. And then you've invited them on. Wolves are like, wow, they've just gifted us a goal. We know we're in business now. Yep. It was a real air of inevitability. There was. And it was weird. I, I remember uh, at 2-0, uh, I think when that guy walked out of, of K4, I looked over to the Wolves fans and, you know, to a man, they're all still there. And I'm, and I'm thinking... Uh, what do they don't that we don't? <laughs> I thought they would have fucked off by now, or some of them, you know, when you, you know, local derby and discuss stuff, uh, off you go. They were probably giving it five minutes. And then I was thinking, what do they know that we don't know? Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it soon became apparent. Oh, yeah, it's like uh, we haven't got a game management game plan here. We're just we're just allowing them. Uh, it was weird. It was almost like they were walking the ball into the net. 
Yeah. It's not as I if mean, they that... were shooting from, you know, 20 yards or whatever. They were literally scoring, you know, within our eight, six yard box kind of territory. No, and that's what it is. I mean, it's, does it come down to this naivety again that even when it went to two each, that Villa were still bombing forward looking for the winner? I mean, if it gets to two each, the last thing, the thing you're thinking is, right, just don't lose it now. I mean, a draw is bad enough. It's nearly as bad as the feet, but don't lose it. Do you know what? I mean, I don't, I don't mind that. Yeah, I, I don't mind it's... that. Yeah. I think you, you're at home, you, you're kind of going for the win. Yeah, and you've still got you know guys on the field. You know, it's not like you're down to ten men. I get it if it's two all, you're down to ten men. You think actually we take the point here, or if you're away from home. But actually, the, you're at home. The onus is on you. Bearing in mind, you know our set piece delivery had been pretty good. Ings had a huge chance just before stoppage time. Where he heads over where frankly he almost had too much time. He should hit the target. I think if yeah, he hits he the target, he scores. And then of course you you, yeah, you go on you go on to win the game. You know they only scored a, a wickedly deflected fr- free kick. Uh, so in terms of that, uh, you know chasing the winner. From Villa's point of view, I think I think it's fair enough. What what I will say though is, uh, I mean, we mentioned match fixing uh, earlier on. So the second game in succession where Villa have been heading for a draw, and uh, Matt targets uh, put it in his own net. <laughs> Co- coincidence? There's a bit of a theme Poor going on. What what no? What yeah. kind of betting uh, network has he uh, signed up to? Uh, that he's on the payroll of is what I'm asking. You know what Jurgen Klopp said? Uh, deflected goals are bad blocks, unless they're done on purpose. Yeah. No, it's just, I, th- I think, you know, the third goal, I mean, I said when, as soon as Ramsey, appallingly, by the way, I might add, tackled uh, Traore, bearing in mind, normally with Traore, you let him run. Track, track back to the subs. So in terms of the substitutions, now this is where the game folded in. I mean, it's uh, whether it's coincidence or not. Now, who was the first to go? Louise, wasn't it? Louise yeah. and the Campbell was the first one, yeah. It was just before the second goal, actually. You understand that, and you don't really have much of an issue there. Louise has run his race, is you know, he's flown over. Nakamba, you'd probably bring on anyway just to see out the game. That's that's the logic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it was. I, I was fine with that. Especially when yeah. we just brought him on, and within about thirty seconds, we went and got the second goal. We thought, great, this is this has yeah. worked out perfectly for us now. Now, is Ramsey coming on for Buendia? Is that Smith thinking, ah, we're two 0 up here, we're home and dry? Uh, let, you know, let's let keep his confidence up by uh, bringing him on, so he doesn't feel like he's now been replaced. No, he no, said I... that Buendia was requesting to come off, wasn't he? Buendia was running his race as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Buendia was asking to come off, so Buendia would run his race as well. They were running on. I mean, that's the thing. You, know, you saw Wolves' midfield grow and grow and grow into the game because our lads just ran out of steam. Uh, we need access to his running stats. <laughs> Buendia. This is what I says. Like, what what are they doing during the week? Because these are the lads that weren't on international duty. He had forty four touches. I don't know how many. Uh, you know, if, I mean, he wasn't doing anything. You know, especially uh, in terms of running around like a blue ass fly, was he? No, but actually, I mean, even the Ramsey. What do you think? What if it's just a case of fresh legs? Ramsey, as we know, gets around. He's good when he, he can put his foot on the ball. He can kind of carry the ball if needed. He's kind of had little moments of quality in the start of the season, but maybe it was a Sanson moment. I don't know. On paper, the three changes were actually, they're all quite logical moves. Really. And obviously, Cash had, yeah. a, had a dead leg. You know, if one of your fullbacks is injured, you bring Ashley Young on. So yeah. people sort of slating Smith for the changes, I, I think it's a little bit harsh on Smith because I don't think the defeat was down to the substitutions it was down to game management and other things the only thing about those substitutions were they, they allowed the formation to stay the same I mean if he's if he's bringing on somebody else for Buendia then he would need to change the formation up so that that's maybe the only fault I mean, maybe, maybe it did need a different formation once it was 2-0 up yeah I think personally I, if Cash was dead legging I would have uh, just gone to a back four with Konza at right back or well, maybe two and Zabi actually at right back 
I like Conzert right back though because he, he stands his ground well, doesn't he? You know he ain't going to bomb on, but you know you've got a very solid flat flat, flat back four. You know, two and Zabi at right backs are right, and then you've got that solid centre. But the, mm-hmm. the main thing is to bring in that extra midfielder because you know they were getting on top of us a little bit there. There three just to uh, nullify that. But uh, I mean, one thing I will say about if you're going to substitute a full back in the next game, I would. 100% take target off uh, with 10 minutes to go because I don't want him conceding another deflected goal because then <laughs> yeah, I would be very suspicious hatchet. about this uh, betting corruption uh, thing that's going on. I mean, you look at uh, Ramsey's stats. I mean, pass completion, and you know, this is based on seven touches. So I think this is just getting his foot in mainly because it's, you know, 33%. He hasn't really had, he hasn't Game really been on the ball. ball. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I mean that's the key thing, and that foul he gave away. I mean, I mean it's you know it's happened. What can you say? And they only scored uh, because of the wicked deflection. It did feel inevitable though when that the free kick oh, got completely. given. Completely, I, I, yeah. I said, I said yeah. to the guys around me, "We know how this plays out now." I mean, to be honest, the only surprise for me was that Neves didn't stick it in the top corner. Yeah, because he's more than capable, isn't he? Yeah, he's a very good player. Yeah, you know, when Villa have performed as they have in that ten minute period, the inevitability comes, and you kind of go, "Actually, do you know what? As much as we should have won this game, we're going to deserve what we get here." So it's going to be interesting now to see if, uh, in terms of game management, which Smith uh, highlighted as well, uh, I mean, this starts from the Spurs game onwards, if he'll make any changes and also uh, what happens with this uh, 3-5-2. Because as we've said before, that formation, you can see now why he got Axel to uh, Zabian. You can see why he went for uh, Danny Ings. I think Danny Ings... Watkins and then one of the uh, the wide guys, be it Bailey or whoever, could play in a three up front. I don't see a, an issue with that. Yep. Uh, like a pretty fluid three. I mean, people have mentioned the comparison of Liverpool and, and how they set out. Yep. Where they, where they haven't really got winger wingers, they've got forwards that can play out wide. And, and, they're, uh, and they're all switch. mobile, aren't they, across the yeah. front line? And uh, Ings, I mean, that's one thing that people may forget about Ings. He can drop off, he can, uh, you know, he, he's plays good. Very mobile, good link-up play, and uh, plenty of energy. So I don't know if Smith has earmarked this formation, and it's only played uh, only played against Wolves because we didn't have Bailey to call on. I just want Bailey fit, so then we can see what what he's really intent on. Because you can't have a fit Bailey and not play him. No, absolutely not. No, he's box office. And even Traore on his day. I mean, we saw enough moments last season with Traore that you think he can he can change a game. Yeah, with Traore, if you're playing that uh, three five two, Traore is going to be limited in terms of getting on the field. I mean, the only the only way you can actually see him getting on the pitch is if you're really chasing the game and you're taking off your your wing back. Well, that's what the, that's what happened with Everton, didn't he? he? Took target off for Bailey, so Bailey almost played as like a, a token wing back, but just said. Here's a here's a free roll on the left. Go and go and bomb on. So will the three five two be reserved for Manchester United Old Trafford only (laughs) (laughs) and leave it at that yeah the key is Bailey once he's back fit then we'll see what the real true intentions are yeah it's just a game like this it's a shame it's not it's not just the isolated incident it's the you don't want to say the narrative because it's a cliche but it's the just it's the what it gives to other teams playing Villa for the rest of the season now it's like even if they're one or two down it's just like right start lumping the ball into the box just start you know putting a bit of pressure in Villa and unless they do something to change that, that it could happen again I mean it might not I won't say it'll be as, as drastic as two 
we, we went through that period, didn't we? A long period where Villa fans would have their hearts in their mouth in the last 10 minutes of any game. If they were 1-0 up or a, a goal up, there was an inevitability about what was going to happen and we got rid of that. And I've been reasonably comfortable when Villa have been carrying a, a goal lead into the last 10 minutes uh, over the last uh, season or so. But now... Yes. That's why it was such a sh- yeah, it was a shock, wasn't it? A bit. Yeah, after the Spurs game, after this one, you're now thinking actually we're starting to get a bit brittle now with this formation. So will it become psychological in the immediate future? Uh, this is uh, one of the issues. You would hope not. I mean, the, the the big thing, obviously, when you lose a game in the manner of that, obviously, when you're asking why, and a lot of it with game management is mentality and you know your sort of your senior players and your leadership. And, and I would always I'd put the question to them that. Well, who who stood up in that ten minutes? You know, McGinn's your your vice captain. I think Ming's head had kind of slightly gone. I think Ings still counts as a senior player. Who is the guy who is marshalling that and saying, you know, that the difference? And I am going to go there. The difference last season with having Grealish in that side was, although you know, obviously he was the captain, but what he gave you was, regardless of running ability, he just put his foot on the ball, wouldn't he? He'd pick the ball up in the left back position and go, all right, foul me. It's having that sort of little bit announced to go, I know how to shut the game down here. Yeah, you're talking about the guy who gave the ball away on the edge of the box against Spurs and gave yeah, them a winner. Yeah, that's, that's an isolated <laughs> incident. But generally speaking, he was the guy in that, in that at that moment in the game, he'd say, give it to Grealish, he'll draw a foul. And that just takes all the pressure off. We didn't yeah. have that sort of nows to take any pressure off. It was like hacked clearances and we just lost our heads in general. Because if in doubt, I mean, Mings did, didn't do it a couple of times in the first half. Generally, he is good. There was a few occasions where he just thought, just slam it in the stand and regroup. Because actually, for mo- for most of the game, when Villa had their shape, Wolves weren't playing through it. Start of the game, Phil. Yes, well, Villa have now lost six out of eight Premier League games when John McGinn has scored. Yeah, Ouch. so he shouldn't be allowed to shoot uh, anymore. That's my. <laughs> we should sub-target off uh, around the 70-minute mark and uh, not allowed McGinn to shoot, and I think that's a recipe for success. Definitely more points on the board if those two rules are implemented by Smith uh, for future weeks. How are we finishing this off? Who are we we shooting? We did have a burning questions, if you want, in the Discord. Uh, Fuck the burning questions. I just want to know, if you're lining up the first 11, and I'm bringing back the the hand pistol again, and you've got to shoot one of them, who is it? I'm shooting Twanzebe. I'm sending them to back to United as well. I just think that he just wasn't at the races. I mean, I don't, this is what I say, I don't understand what the players that weren't in international duty did through the week because they were the ones that were the slackest on the day. I mean, that pass across his own box that let Huang in in the first half was Twan oh, as well. Wonderful. And and just from that moment, you thought, he, he's not in it. He's as head as is not in it. And so it proved the rest of the game because I didn't see him do anything really of note the whole game. He had a bad game. I would go with... Um, I'm going to go with Buendia, actually, even though actually I liked what he did. I think you haven't gone away on international duty and you're flagging. If you're not match fit to get through 90 minutes at this point, you think, what on earth's going on there? What What is 30 million plus worth of player if you can't get through 90 minutes seems a bit... Yeah, I mean, at the moment, I mean, we said in that something for the weekend that what that... 100 million that we spent the value if it was a like a share price stands out i think that's gone down even more because one of your 30 million guys can't even get through uh 90 minutes i mean ings uh got a goal what we you know obviously we paid paid him for and bailey's still injured so that 100 million that replaced Grealish, we're not really getting good value from that at the moment and that's a concern because that was the going to be the difference 
of improvement from uh, last season to this season. Well, the of main. Which, let's be honest, it still can be. It's still relatively early days, and we've seen signs from all of them that they've clearly got got it. But you need to get some level of consistency across the team. It's just not there yet from anyone really. I can't think of anyone who's been consistent this season. I'm just saying as it as it stands, if you take a step back, you you still know that Villa aren't playing uh, with a full deck and you know one of their top top guys in that 100 million, uh, Liam Bailey hasn't even started yet. So uh, and and Sanson who was expected to feature in that center and midfield uh, has been out as well. So there is that to come. I mean we you know we said early doors that uh, we expect to finish better than we start this season. But Smith this is the question, and we'll only find out the answer if, uh, when Bailey comes back, is if this three-five-two was a formation to compensate for our injury uh, situation and make the best of what we've got, or is it the way we're planning to play uh, most of these games of the season? Mm. All will be revealed soon. Right, uh, before we go... I just want to say a massive thank you to the Mailman Said patrons and uh, the new recruits uh, for signing up to support the show. Uh, Will Thornton, David Innett, Patrick Bauer, Andrew Guest, and also Kayan Barlas for uh, signing on as an annual patron. If you uh, sign on annually, you get two months free, which is 15% off. And also, uh, thanks to Chris Barker for upping his pledge. If you uh, sign on as a Mailman Said patron, you get access to uh, the extra shows on the uh, Patreon podcast channel and also access to Match Club, which uh, will be up and firing on Friday night uh, for the Arsenal game. So uh, do join us uh, Friday evening. Bring a drink. Yeah, that should be a lively one. uh, We will go on into the evening... in full uh, Match Club style. So make sure you join us there. Don't forget to uh, follow the podcast as well on whatever podcast app you use. And uh, until next time, any any final words? I suppose it's a couple of interesting games, isn't it, now with Arsenal and West Ham sides you'd you'd hope to be in and amongst. So we're going to get a real gauge now of, uh, obviously, you know, Wolves, Arsenal, West Ham of where this team is actually at you know we don't judge them on sort of Chelsea away etc but we do judge them on these games yeah well I judge them on the Wolves game and, I, and I'm quite frankly I'm appalled <laughs> there's no mitigating circumstance for being 2-0 up with 10 minutes to go with being able to beat the, a Wolves team that really weren't showing that much with what you had and we had a decent team I mean people were rubbing their hands when they saw the lineup uh, before the game and at 2-0 it looked more likely to be 3 if, if there was going to be 3 more goals in that game I'd have probably betted on 4-1 to be honest mm-hmm. so uh, very very disappointing and uh I thought hopefully Spurs would be the wake-up call, but uh, this definitely should be a wake-up call. Yeah, yeah, and it's four points lost. Yeah, just going to add this game to the list of wounds that will never heal. So that's right. I'm just, (laughs) I'm just like a checkerboard of these scars. Even the the local derby thing, I didn't even factor that in. It certainly didn't feel like a derby at the game. Could have been any team that did that to us. The main, the main thing that hurt was just throwing away a game that you two nil up and cruising to a comfortable three points, a three points that we need uh, at this stage because uh, you know we're over a fifth fifth of the season gone and we're milling around in a position where uh, it's no different from where we were last finished last season. Yeah, we're just looking capable of gaining a little bit of momentum. I know some of the fixtures probably haven't helped, but we just we're, we're kind of clunky and spluttering would probably be the best way to describe us at the moment. Right, anyway, until uh, until next we meet, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.